2: Stop
0: Welcome to podcasts like it's nineteen ninety nine. I'm your host Phil Iskove, and with me today, I'm thrilled to say I have uh, Dana Schwartz is back to talk about Sex in the City. To talk about episode two hundred four, they shoot single people, don't they? Uh, Dana is a TV writer on She Hulk and the creator of the podcast Noble Blood. But if you've listened to this podcast, you know that already because she's the best, and you're listening to all of her stuff. Ah. So. Um, how did Sex and the City come into your life? When did you start watching it, and how do you feel about it today?
2: I love Sex and the City. I, I, I fully acknowledge that it's silly and ridiculous and, like, problematic at moments. I grew up watching it on reruns on E! when I was in high school, I think. So I never even saw, like, the sex versions until much later.
0: You yeah, know they really e- butcher it on E! That's they sure.
2: they yeah. really do. They cut out all, like, the boobs and all the sex. Uh, but so I would watch it all the, it was always on. It was just like always on. And because I remember when I was younger than high school, I remember seeing it in like a a video rental store and being really scandalized by it. That like sex was in the name. Uh, but then I do. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe. And then I would watch it. I loved it on E! I thought it was so fun. And then, you know, as an adult with HBO and various points, I would, uh, go on like a binge and just... I already did a sex, full Sex and the City binge at some point in quarantine. Uh, dipping in front of my screen at the moment is my cat, Beetlejuice. He's the best. He uh, um, gets very jealous when I'm doing a podcast.
0: I have definitely binged this show on, on numerous occasions. And I'm kind of amazed... I guess maybe I don't have a lot of half hours that I binge, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It's probably like Parks and Rec and this if I'm being honest, Uh, this show really just is very easy to binge. Like you can watch 20 of these in a row so easily. It's like
2: cotton candy. It just like you can compress it. (laughs) It's so easy to binge.
0: Yeah, it really is. Um, So did you, I I mean, well, obviously we're going to, we're going to talk about this specific episode and we'll talk about sort of season two and the, and the early seasons a little bit, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the show sort of as a whole and, and how you felt about how, They resolved the show and perhaps how the movies what the movies did um but uh you know our first episode um we had emily nussbaum on from the new yorker to talk about love um,
2: her i'm such a fan
0: and she's the best and and i'm assuming you read her article about sex and city from back in 2013 um so i kind of want to get your thoughts on on that like the anti-hero that is carrie bradshaw the fact that they do you feel like they pulled their punches at the end of the series a little bit, and certainly within the movies? But
2: what they, you the movies, we'll get to. I, I, I can't even focus on them in the conversation right this moment because it would just sure. it would distort sure. the whole conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think that even in like um, modern parlance, it's sort of become like trendy to be like, "Oh, everyone just carries such a bad person on Sex in the City," but I think what makes the show genuinely like lovable and relatable is like she She is sort of a bad person but in like a fun way that like mm-hmm. she's like a bad person that you would still be friends with and that you still relate to I mean she's not like a a Walter White you know she's not yeah. Tony Soprano like she's not murdering people she's just like bad with her money and kind of a flaky friend and like makes bad decisions with men you know what I mean like I do. I do. in a way she's, a, she's an anti-hero only in the way that like your friend that's getting kind of annoying is but you're still friends with her. So I I definitely see like parts of myself in Carrie like just like I think by design you're supposed to see parts of yourself in every single one of them mm-hmm. of, of the four main women. Mm-hmm. So I think that the show did pull the Pun. I think the the ending of the show is the right ending her ending up with Big because Big is sort of a bad person in the same way Carrie is a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um it felt a little pat and a little clean, but I I I did like it. I like that she sort of like look, it's a, it's a glossy show give her the fairy tale ending. Um the first movie is canon but it's ridiculous. The second movie is not canon and it's just like a fever dream of racism <laughs> and <laughs> And clothes. I don't know. It's so awful. I watched yes. it again just to be like, is it as bad as I thought? And it's worse every time I watch it. It's worse.
0: I um I watched it. So I watched it just recently. Um, and my roommate had never seen it all the way through. She had tried it on two separate attempts, but never actually made it all the way through it. God bless I was like, her. We need to sit. I mean, I need to sit down and rewatch this thing. So I'm going to force you to watch it as well. And I I swear to you, by the end of the movie, she was prone on the couch with pillows over her head, saying that she felt physically ill. Like, yeah. I mean, it. It really. It's. It's that bad.
2: It's the worst movie I've ever seen. Maybe. Um, yeah,
0: it's, it's really bad. The, the, oh, can yeah. I say
2: one more thing? Please, about, please, please. Yeah. I think a little bit Sex and the City became a victim of its own success. A thing mm-hmm. that I like about Sex and the City is their clothes, which are very like wish fulfillment-y, True. are still specific to the characters. Like Miranda's not super fashionable. And Carrie wears designer clothes but it's clear that she loves designer clothes and spends all of her money on them to the point where she's broke. Like the, the fantasy of it is still rooted in reality as like, this yep. is someone who loves fashion and will go broke buying expensive shoes. Cause that's the thing she wants to spend money on where by the movie, they're all just wearing haute couture to the point where it's like, it's not grounded in any reality yep. in the same way as like an Emily in Paris, where it's like, She's sure. just, like, wearing Chanel in a way that doesn't feel real or authentic in any universe. So that's yeah, the thing I like about the Sex and the City. Because it's often criticized for being glossy and, and wish fulfillment But I do like that they... Carrie is, like, broke. And that's a plot point multiple times in the series. Because she's like, I spend $700 on shoes.
0: I, I mean, there's a couple things um, I want to... Sort of jump on that you were that you were saying, or piggyback on. More importantly, the 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 first thing is, you know, she isn't Tony Soprano, she isn't Walter White, but I I, I would argue that there is a rom com version of them that she sort of is, which is that she's grounded and that she does things that are not evil, obviously, but are selfish and and does things that can be hurtful, whether or not she is completely cognizant of that.
2: She, is, I fully agree. I think she's an incredibly selfish person, but in a way that I kind of find endearing a little bit.
0: No, I, hundred yeah. percent. I, I, I love that about her. Like I, I, I like that about her. I like that. She's flawed. I like that. She's not
2: that a she Mary Sue. Exactly. She like yes. makes yes. shitty decisions about men and about women. And like, yes. like the point, like, and I do like that sometimes Carrie acknowledges that she fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what episode this is, but later on in the series, she'll ask, Charlotte for her engagement ring to buy her house which is a fucked up thing to do and, sh- and Charlotte rightfully is like no you know it's like that tension I think the show really uh, intelligently takes like a real issue and it's something with real tension and like plays it out without Carrie being the, the Mary Sue good guy it's like I, I, yeah Charlotte is not in the wrong
0: I totally agree. I, I, you know, there's another moment that I think also highlights what you're talking about on a, on a much lower stakes situation, but there's an episode, I believe it's also in season four, I believe where uh, Miranda throws her neck out and, oh, uh, yeah. and, 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 uh, and Aiden has to go and help her and she's naked and blah, blah, blah. And Carrie goes over to her house, to her apartment with bagels and to sort of talk about her own problems, not to talk about Miranda's problems. Yeah, and I've I've cited this in writers' rooms before, like the bullshit bagels that Miranda calls her out on. It's like these aren't fucking real bagels. Like they're not even the good bagels, and you didn't yeah. bring cream cheese. Like you're you're. This is clearly just you're looking to talk about yourself and not talk about me. And I think that that's a really that to me is emblematic of Carrie in every way.
2: It's perfect, and it's. I also love that Miranda calls her out on it. Yes. I think people sometimes think like. Saying Carrie is problematic or a bad friend is like their own little clever take, but it's something in the show yeah. that's acknowledged in the universe. I think the reason that Sex and the City resonated with so many young women and, and people, and has sort of stood the test of time, is that those friendships feel real and lived in in that way. It's like people actively fuck up and then have to make amends and deal with it. Like people are bad people sometimes.
0: Absolutely. And I I think that, you know, in in watching the films the other day, I I posited this on on Twitter and I got a whole bunch of responses, which was interesting. But, you know, I, I think that some shows just need to be shows and that they don't shouldn't be movies. And you know, I think that this show works so well in 25 to 27-minute chunks. I want to go on these short adventures that with these characters, and, and they grow and they learn over time. But to sort of see them in these small pieces, I think, is more illuminating than giving me a two-and-a-half hour. Both these movies are two-and-a-half hours <laughs> long, which is just... Too fucking much. They're overproduced. You know, part of the thing that I love about the show is, and I know that people talk that it was glossy, but it also felt intimate. It felt relatively small in terms of the universe that they existed in. And the movie, the scope of it, the size of it, dwarfs the characters, and it just sucks.
2: And it it sort of mythologizes them to a point that they don't feel like real people anymore. Like, they make their friendship seem like this, like, universal power that it's like oh the four of them they are just a an icon you know it's it's a, it's a victim of its own press sort of yes. where in the show they fucked up you know there was weirdness where it's like yeah Charlotte and some Samantha like weren't really friends on their own and I think that's something that the show people also love pointing that out like oh Charlotte and and Samantha wouldn't be friends and it's like the show does talk about that like it's awkward <laughs> when it's just the two of them and like yeah. that's funny and weird and then I think the movies. Um, are just like cardboard cutouts of the character. The movie is sort of like, what if they made a movie of a Sex and the City in the minds of a New York City Sex and the City tour?
0: You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like... It's like a theme park, right? There's no Sex and the City, yeah. Yeah,
2: perfect. so that's yeah. my... But the first one, the plot, is canon. I accept that. I reluctantly, I'm like, all right. I guess... You got it. You got to be like, all right. Charlotte had a baby. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, Carrie uh, eloped with Big after he left her at the altar. What, whatever. I, I
0: it, It's not good. It's not we good. We admit it's not good. Okay.
2: Fully admit, but I reluctantly accept it.
0: I think that you know what bumped me a little bit uh, to 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 rewind just a little bit to 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 Emily's article about them pulling punches at the end of the series. Yeah. I think that you know I think that each of the characters. Uh, gets an appropriate ending. I think that, you know, Miranda and Steve end on on the best way that they can and Charlotte gets to adopt a child and Samantha gets through cancer and finds her orgasm again and all of that. Like, I get that. <laughs> yeah. And I what I appreciated, too, was that the Carrie Big ending of the series is a little bit of an ellipse. It's not concrete. He's coming back to town. We don't know if they end up together. We don't know what like, like, they give us a happy ending, but it's a little bit of a kind of who knows for sure it's not completely concrete but the movies make it so fucking finite that it just it takes all of the air out of it that anyway
2: totally oh fully and also like he's such an asshole that like he's the type of guy that would give you a big romantic gesture and then two weeks later be like meh yeah anyway i i if look if it was if it was my choice Yes. I would have had her return to New York with no one and start. I don't think she needed a partner. My version of it as Dana Schwartz would have, you know, had her come back to New York alone and been like, I'm happy to be on my own. I've learned how to be on my own without a partner and I don't need that. That would have been great. Yeah. I, I had a, a ex-boyfriend who we would always joke. He joked, he hated that scene. Is it, it's either part one or part two where uh, Petro, the Russian slaps her but doesn't slap her. They really have their cake and eat it, too, with that, like, fake non-slap slap. Like, yep. he accidentally slaps her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I've rewatched, um, I've watched for the first time the 1940s, uh, 1940, uh, Hitchcock, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen or read Rebecca, which has been out mm-hmm. for a hundred years um, in the book, the Maxim had killed Rebecca in a fit of rage, but because of like the Hollywood standards at the time, he wasn't allowed to do that. So it's like he, he got mad and then blacked out and she tripped and fell and hit her head, <laughs> which is yeah. sort of the Petrovsky slap yeah. where it's like, he yeah. didn't, he did it, it as an accident they they really well, have their cake and eat it
0: too they well I mean they have their cake and eat it too in the movie too where it's like he leaves her at the fucking altar but then like he doesn't leave her at the altar yeah, oh and then my he God. goes back and I'm, like, sorry,
2: I'm sorry I'm sorry comes back and she's sla- like oh I hate it, it. I hate it's it ridiculous.
0: it's ridiculous it's it i I know what you're saying which is that they it's like they don't, they lack the conviction and the courage to go to the place that they need to go to say what they want to say. Yeah. So they kind of like dip their toe in the water and then like run away scared. It's a little unfortunate.
2: They needed a reason for her to leave yeah. him, a good enough yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. It's like she, they both had to be, he had to be a good enough person that she would uproot her entire life for him, but mm-hmm. also then that she would leave him. And they couldn't figure that out. The same way. I'm so sorry. I'm talking so much. Please, I love no. sex in the city. Are you setting.
0: kidding? We should talk about it forever. Let's go.
2: The same way that burger they make really good, yes. and then re- and then I think they really quickly are like, oh shit, we have to back this. And in like two episodes, he becomes awful.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Burger is a, a tricky one because. It also felt a little bit like, and this happens a fair amount on the show, I guess, to some degree. And this happens in TV in general, right? Which is, you have character arcs for a certain amount of time, and you know what your end point is. And then before you know it, you're like, we got to tear off the Band-Aid. Yeah. He just gives her a fucking Post-it note, <laughs> and, and that's that. And you're just like, okay. So it's it, it works, because the Post-it note episode, I think, is actually really funny. Uh, great episode. I, and, it, and it totally works. But it is like, what human being would do that?
2: It's I mean. so much shittier than the f- version of Burger we had met up until that point. 100%. 100%.
0: But it's, yeah, I mean, I think that I I talked with Emily a little bit about this uh, as well, which is, you know, the top of this season is Samantha dating James, who is this guy with a little penis. And it goes on for like three episodes. And you're just like, this is a one episode thing. Why did you drag this out to three episodes? Yeah. Um, I I think what's interesting, and it's why I'm, I'm actually excited and I've been enjoying talking about season two so far, is that it does feel like the turning point of the series. You're mm. really starting to see the series find its voice, find its, you know, it drops some of this talking to the camera bullshit. Oh, um, the, the
2: talking heads.
0: Oh, it's awful, awful. It's so um, silly. <laughs> but it's it's it starts to sort of figure itself out and the characters really start to become a lot more clearly defined. I feel like Samantha in the early seasons or at least season one in the top of season two, you start to sense that she's not as edgy, She's mm. still kind of, like, weirdly, like, wanting to, like, have relationships, yeah. which they kind of get away from. And then they obviously get back into it deeper in, in the series. But, like, it's it's just, I think it's an interesting inflection point in the series. And I think this episode in particular um, feels like a really good kind of, um, it's one of the best of season two, I think. But I'll give a synopsis real quick, which is, Single and Fabulous Carrie gets a horrible <sighs> photo taken for the cover story of New York Magazine. Single and Fabulous? Question mark? Miranda fakes orgasms with her ex-slash-current boyfriend. Charlotte starts dating her handyman, and Samantha dates a club owner who calls them a wee right away. They Shoot Single People, Don't They aired on June twenty seventh, 1999. It was written by Michael Patrick King and directed by John David Coles. Vulture put it at number 12 of 96 episodes saying Carrie agrees to a photo shoot for New York magazine cover. She believes to be headline single and fabulous. Instead, her test shot cigarette dangling makeup free face glaring ends up on the cover under the headline single and fabulous question mark. It's a hilarious commentary on media trend stories about single women, a typically perfect humiliation of our media darling heroine, and a great excuse for her to almost hook up with a very young Bradley Cooper in one of his first roles. Such a pitch perfect episode will forgive the New York dig. Elle magazine, however, gave it uh, the 66th slot on Hmm. their list, saying Carrie's done dirty by New York magazine with an incredibly unflattering cover accompanied by the dire cover uh, cover line single and fabulous. The age-shaming profile sends the entire squad into a fear spiral. They cope by forcing relationships with the nearest dude. Charlotte convinces herself she's in love with an out-of-town actor who fixes up her apartment sometimes, and Samantha gets ghosted by a guy who her by saying we too soon. And Miranda puts way too much effort into a guy who can't make her orgasm. This episode yields some fab- some valuable insight into orgasm fakage. I think they're being a little hard on it. I think I agree more with the vulture perspective than Al, but... I want to kind of I like, talk to you
2: a little. I like some of the plots more than the others in this episode. Yes,
0: and we'll definitely talk about those yeah. because one in particular I think ends horrendously. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the theme of the episode real quick, which is it's essentially is it okay to be alone? Which is sort of the theme of the series, right? Yeah. Which is this the push and pull of can we find happiness within ourselves, or do we need you know in our friends, or do we need someone to complete us? Um, which I would argue the show doesn't really successfully stick the landing on that notion no um but i wanted to and and this idea of like fake relationships and whether or not we're in relationships we should be in all that can i what are your thoughts on that
2: i think the episode of this show that does that the most successfully and that carrie i think with conviction sticks with it is there's a baby shower and someone steals Mm -hmm. her shoes and she registers for... Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I do, I do. Yeah.
2: And and the mom is like, it's whatever, they're shoes. And she's like, no, this is my priority at my life. And then she registers for one thing, and she registers for shoes, and the friend does it. And I think that is an episode that in a really funny way successfully conveys, like, your life can exist with your own priorities without a relationship and family. Um, this one, I love the... New York uh, magazine shoot. I think like as Vulture said, like it's a perfect distillation of so much. Um, but I don't think the subplots quite for me work together to land that message as powerfully as this show has and could.
0: I agree. I I, I absolutely agree. I think that it's, it has, I mean, and this is, uh, this is sort of the push and pull of the show until Ultimately, Darren Star leaves the show, and this is not me shitting on Darren Star, but I do think that. I'll
2: shit that on Darren my- Star. <laughs> okay. I we saw. I'm only and and
0: As did I. Um, I. I guess my point is they 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 were the intentions were different. They wanted to make different shows, yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think that Darren Starr saw the show a certain way. And I don't I don't particularly dislike his version of it, but I think that Michael Patrick King wants to go deeper with the show, wants it to be a deeper commentary on things, and Darren Starr wanted to make a sitcom, you know, an, yeah. an edgier sitcom, and that's fine. Um and I think that this episode being written by Michael Patrick King has it the push and pull of it. Your mm-hmm. point is Carrie's storyline is great yeah. because it's saying all the stuff that Michael Patrick King wants to say. I also think the fake orgasm thing is something we should unpack as well. I think that was. I really
2: love well. it. I, that's that's like the brilliance of Sex and the City, right? Is that it was the first show to like talk about these things that felt so taboo and secret. And it's like, yeah, totally. faking orgasms is a real thing.
0: It's a real thing that men do not want to think is a yeah.
2: real thing. Yeah. <laughs> but all women know about it and talk about it and think about it.
0: I don't Unfortunately, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, no, don't apologize. I mean, I think that this is this is what's great about this show. And there's a scene in season one, which I rewatched, which was in my, my opinion. And I guess Emily Nussbaum agreed with me as well is sort of the moment that the show kind of planted a flag and said, this is the type of stuff we're going to do, which is the four of them in the back of a cab and Charlotte talking about anal sex for the first time. I love it. And all of their scene, all of their different perspectives on anal sex. It's funny. It's, it's, bold and it's female empowerment it's everything that that the show can be and is most of the time i think the fake orgasm thing is another example of that
2: i totally agree it's like this is the one show that will say the thing that women secretly talk about with their friends mm-hmm. and television has been sort of too shut off to actually acknowledge yeah well i will say though with all the with the character details, Samantha's storyline in this one it feels like season six Samantha if a guy said we right away would have panicked and that would have been the storyline she would have been like the sex is great but he says we and that would have been the panic of the Mm storyline where her getting seduced by this as you already observed uh they're still ironing out character details and, and Samantha's in particular
0: yeah, it, it just it feels it feels so out of character that that she would fall for a guy this quickly that she would care about this guy as much as she does that she would like, go on
2: a dinner date with a guy all that of it. She, that yeah, she would she go out to the Hamptons with him that she like is that's a love bombing is like a real thing that guys do and like I don't I don't that, know what that is it's like immediately being like oh my god you're amazing let's get married let's oh, do this okay. like like not let's get married but like bombarding mm-hmm. you with affection right mm-hmm. away. And that's a thing that is real and women deal with. And hmm. it, it feels like Charlotte would be the one yes. who that storyline would be more relevant to, or even Miranda or Carrie, like any one of them I could see hmm. wrestling and it, it didn't feel like a, a Samantha storyline.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that. Cause as you were saying it, I, I, you could flip Charlotte and Samantha storylines and they would actually feel more appropriate in a we, weird way.
2: Yeah. Where she was like, where Samantha would be like willing to pretend to have a relationship mm-hmm. with the handyman. So he doesn't yes. leave. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's, it's weird um, because there's an ideal an idealism and this sort of naivete to Samantha in the storyline that feels completely out of character um, but I'm just gonna walk through this, yes, uh, sorry. this episode real quick. No, 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 no. Uh so Carrie and, and and Miranda, Samantha and Charlotte all go, they're all single at the top of this episode. Uh, and they all go dancing. Samantha's hit on by this club owner, William, and Carrie the next day is being interviewed for New York magazine, as we've mentioned, for this single and fabulous. Uh, Stanford's boyfriend set it up for her. Um you immediately, I don't know about you, but I immediately was like I've watched too much television, and so have you. Yeah. But I'm just like, don't drink your face off the night before a photo shoot. And no. like it's just like, what are you doing? And then she goes home at dawn. She passes out. She's late for the photo shoot. All these things are a little bit of a contrivance to get us where we need to go. But it is what it is. It works.
2: Uh, what it I, works. To, to interject, what oh, I do please. like is there are details about the show that feel so much more specific and real and grounded than anything Darren Star ever done since. Um, but the fact that like she is part of this photo spread because her friend is like dating a guy is mm-hmm. totally how these things happen. I'm That's sure. like exactly like any story I've ever done. It's been, I feel like through like a random connection, it, it's so specific where it's like Emily in Paris, they wouldn't bother. She has no, no friends. She has no life outside uh, before or after the moment the camera's on her. You know well, what I mean? even
0: just, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I would also, and I, I, I Emily in Paris is the perfect comparison point for this series for a bunch of reasons. But in specific to this episode, just just think about how they, let's be real, mishandle social media on Emily in Paris and perfectly nail this New York Magazine media thing.
2: Nail it.
0: Know, in, it. 20 years ago yeah. like it's just it's it just goes to show that like and perhaps this is that people are a little bit glib and dismissive of social media which is understandable i guess to a certain degree but you still have to understand the power of it and what it's capable of doing and they don't really understand that or care to understand it on emily and paris or,
2: or just make it feel real like the way that she gets this photo shoot the way she's like late and they're calling her like yep it feels realistic and lived in like the characters mm-hmm. have lives before and after And then they like meet them later at this club and everyone's gay. Like it feels like a real life.
0: Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It, it it also just, I mean, this is, this is also perhaps, I don't want to say my disdain for social media, but I would say that technology uh, across the board has created situations where there's just less emotion and less and less sort of humanity as much as that sounds sort of apocalyptic. I think that, you projected more onto newspapers and magazines back in the day because quite frankly, you just didn't have the technology to sort of, you know, deal with, but, yeah. um, so Carrie shows up in a poncho. What are your thoughts on her poncho?
2: <laughs> I kind of love it. I, I, I'm a, there's some Carrie outfits that are beyond defense. I will confess on, on Mike <laughs> That when I saw the trailer for Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement, and in the trailer mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway wears a poncho, I went to Abercrombie, not Abercrombie and Fitch, Abercrombie, and I, I bought a poncho. I had a, a wool poncho, wool, a knit poncho. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I can't criticize the poncho. Her yeah. hair looks
0: great. Also. I mean, this is the thing too, uh, which they stopped doing on the show. And I'm sure that this is to some degree Sarah Jessica Parker. But like Carrie's allowed to look like shit. Yeah. In, the first in two a seasons. fun
2: way. And like uh, she totally. she looks like a real person. Yeah. And then they, they really gloss. And then they that.
0: just then they just Photoshop her until forever. But um so she shows up at her poncho, the photographer takes some test photos pre makeup, which anyone with a brain would know. That don't do that. But um, anyway. I mean,
2: I mean, I might fall for that. <laughs>
0: um, so then Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte go power walking. Miranda bumps into her ex Josh, played by Mark Furstein. Furstein, however you say his name. Oh, yeah. Um, it is that you know, guy. It is that guy. Uh, Miranda admits to uh, Carrie and Charlotte that she used to fake orgasms with Josh. Charlotte says that faking orgasms isn't the end of the world if you like the guy, and they have the exchange. Charlotte says, "What's a couple oos and ahs versus spending the whole night in bed alone?" And Miranda says, "These are my options." Um, <laughs> what, what are your What are your thoughts on this? Dana?
2: It's a very funny line. Mm-hmm. I actually agree with Charlotte on this one.
0: Interesting,
2: because I think <laughs> if the spark, if you're attracted to someone. Mm-hmm. The sex can get better. The mechanic, sure. you know, if you're just not attracted to someone, it's yeah. game over. But if if you're attracted enough to have sex, and they just don't know how to bring you to orgasm, you can get a vibrator, finish yourself off. Like they're if you like the person and they check every other box, mm-hmm. I think you can work with that. And I'm so I'm I'm Team
1: Charlotte.
0: I, I mean, first of all, I'll just say that in this storyline, I felt a little bad for Josh. He's been yeah. sort of hung out to dry a little bit to a certain degree. He Obviously, tries. I'm the man in this equation, but he tries. He's trying. Uh, I, I would say that he's not particularly. Um, he's not a quick learner. It seems, mm-hmm. and he cannot seem to really get the hang of it. Um, and I appreciate that Miranda tries to teach him. Um, even if he's not, uh, you know, up to the task, it seems, but, uh, I I guess it's, it more than anything, I think it, it speaks to male insecurity and the fact that I would assume that a woman would feel like she can't have that conversation with a man because it would just send him spiraling into anxiety and more performance anxiety and this, that and whatever. Um, but but I but I think that like they handle it pretty well. I think they handle it in, in you know in a in an adroit way.
2: I think it's it's very funny. It's handled in a perfect comedy way. Mm-hmm. I would just argue. I think. Please. I think uh, if I got the sense that Miranda didn't really like him because if she really liked him, there are other options. There there's a conversation to
0: have. I would also say too. Um, and I know it's a comedy, and I know that, that, that Josh is the punchline. So I'm not suggesting that, that they should have changed it necessarily. But him not knowing physically where the clitoris <laughs> is is a shocking thing for a grown man to not know. Fair. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: You'd be surprised.
0: Oh boy. All right. All right. I mean, okay. It just seems that seems crazy to me. Nope.
2: <laughs> this is also pre-internet, right?
0: Yeah. I think what we're hitting on here I'm not surprised is-
2: by that at all. Guys are dumb. And also before you could just like Google a thing. That it yeah. that does not strike me as as uh as too far.
0: No, 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 I, I don't, I, I, just to be clear, it's crazy to me that there are men that don't know these things, especially in 2020. Um, but it speaks to perhaps a more glaring issue for men, which is, um, a lack of curiosity and a lack of caring. Yep. Those are problems. If you're, you know, if, and I, again, I'm probably not telling you anything you don't already know. Um, but you know, if, if a man is not interested in such things, you got problems.
2: I think the reason to me that this still feels like an early episode, um, and I think later in the show, not to project, but I think later in the show no, no, they no, probably no. would have handled this. I like that sometimes when a guy is a punchline, it ends up being twisted and it was sort of her fault. Like, I think that they would need to drive home a little more that because Miranda faked it, she reinforced that he thought they do. They make this clear, like because mm-hmm. she faked it, it reinforced to him that he knew what he was doing and he was great at it. So he didn't feel like he needed to learn, which I think would have been um, a point that they that would have been more of the the end game in, of a later season but early, I early on they sort of make it that it's all these guys who are kind of jokes
0: yeah which which i completely get i think that the show is 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 very sitcom ultimately for the majority of the first two seasons yeah um you know you you, you start to get some deeper relationships with uh, i mean steve shows up mid-season two and that obviously becomes a, a real thing for miranda um you know, and, and and I think that obviously Carrie and Big, but for the most part, you know, they want the guys to be punchlines that they can wrap up in an episode like that. That's kind of what they're doing. And that makes yeah. complete sense. Um, so at this point, uh, Carrie sees the New York Magazine cover at the newsstand. I mean, the cover is tremendous. It, she, she looks Perfect. so horrendous. Um, I love it. Uh, they all meet at the coffee shop. Carrie says, I would never have signed up for a magazine for an article that said single and fabulous question mark. <laughs> that The question mark is hostile, I think is amazing.
2: A genius line.
0: It's fantastic. Uh, so they end their conversation about the magazine cover and all of the women are now questioning the fact as to whether or not they are single and fabulous. Yeah. So they all basically jump into into bad relationships. Miranda has sex with Josh again. Samantha goes dancing with William and Charlotte considers dating this handyman named Tom who has an opportunity to be in a Christian soap opera in Salt Lake City. Feels real. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Uh, I hate all the talking to the camera person on the street shit, but. Okay. What would your,
2: what would your talking to the camera one sentence be? You're like, Hey, Hey, Phil, do you believe you can be single and fabulous? Well,
0: I mean, I don't know about that question, but it seemed what would, as though what
2: would the question of this episode be?
0: Well, the question of this episode is people that are faking it to stay in like, oh, saying lies relationships. to their bad relationships. So then Miranda goes over to Carrie's, uh, and they're talking about Josh and the faking the orgasm. Miranda has a great line where she says, "What's the big mystery? It's my clitoris, not the Sphinx," <laughs> which I think is is funny. funny. It's funny. Uh, William tells Samantha about all the places they're going to go Does a whole wee thing um, And then Miranda refuses to fake it for Josh And tells him that she's faked it in the past mm-hmm. And this is when he sort of has this moment Where he's like, I'm a doctor, I should know this And she's like, you're an ophthalmologist, <laughs> you're an eye doctor Very uh, funny <laughs> And then he literally is He. It's so ridiculous He puts on his glasses To be like, I mean business And I'm going <laughs> to learn about the clitoris Like, It's ridiculous
2: It's funny <laughs> it I really it's funny. very funny.
0: Um Tom decides to stay in New York with Charlotte and not move to Salt Lake City for this acting job and Samantha gets stood up by William. This is the scene that I want to talk to you about.
2: Oh, it's insane.
0: The busboy scene.
2: Insane. I mean, a little racist? Yeah. And also n- not Samantha at all. Yes. It's wild.
0: Yes. <sighs> yeah, it's just so so for for our listeners' sake, essentially what happens is Samantha gets stood up by William, and a and a bus boy walks Samantha out because she's on the verge of tears to make sure that she's okay. There is a voiceover where Carrie says the words, "Samantha, let the Pakistani bus boy kiss her." No, <laughs> don't do that.
2: How did she and know? That- how did how did Carrie know he was Pakistani?
0: I'm assuming that Samantha told her, but that's that's whatever. <laughs> well that's part of what I'm taking umbrage with. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. What I don't like imagining is so Carrie's voiceover is her articles, yeah. right? So she's so she has been relayed these stories by her friends that she is thus writing these articles about. So I don't like imagining what Samantha's telling her about this Pakistani busboy. And
2: then I kiss. I let the Pakistani busboy kiss me. I hate it.
0: I hate it so much. I hate it so much. I also hate the fact that you know they cast this not. I mean, not unattractive, but not attractive person. Mm-hmm. This sort of like, quote unquote, lesser than, like beneath Samantha. Yeah. He's also of a, of a certain culture, and then and then there's the it's better to be alone than to fake it. It's all offensive. Like it's all offensive.
1: I
2: I, I get on some level that um, uh-huh. later on, and I'm trying to to find a kernel. Please, please. You'll see. Yeah, Later yeah. on in the show and in the movie, yep. I think that Samantha sort of becomes a stereotype of like, I'll have sex with anything. <laughs> so I will say I do sort of like one moment of her being sure. like, I don't have to have sex with someone. Mm-hmm. This was not the way to do it. It is that <laughs> I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it.
0: I don't like it. I also don't like that she tips him at the end.
2: Oh, yeah. That's weird. It's all weird. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. bad.
0: Um, Then Bradley Cooper enters the show. I love him (laughs) in this. He's so funny. (laughs) He's really funny. He's, I mean, he's very young. He's he's very dashing looking. He's smoking. He's he's smoking. He's got a Porsche. He's very confident. Like, he just, he's great.
2: I Um, kind of expected it not to be his Porsche somehow. How does he have a Porsche? I
0: don't know. I mean I don't really know what he doesn't get a name in this episode. Like his character doesn't have a name. He's clearly just a hot guy. Hmm. Um but uh but he plays it really well. He's perfect. At- There's, there's also, so Miranda then teaches Josh how to make her come unsuccessfully, decides to fake it for him one last time. Carrie makes out with Bradley Cooper. He stops to pick up some cigarettes and Mm. then he buys the New York magazine and he slams it against (laughs) the passenger side window and says, is this you in the perfect, like, douchey way?
2: Like douchey, but like, like a good natured bro. It's so funny. Like yes. he doesn't even for a second think he's being <laughs> offensive. He thinks it's hilarious and it's yes. very funny.
0: Yes. It's great. The only thing that he does that I don't love yeah. is say, I'm not letting you out of the car.
2: Oh yeah. That's, that's.
0: That's rapey. And I don't. Like
2: rapey. We, yeah. we have to assume that the vibe, whatever. Yeah. Bad line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, bad, bad line. But here's my question to you. It's a bigger question on the show, but I'm curious as to your thoughts. Carrie then decides she's not going to go home with him because if she does, it would be for all the wrong reasons. And in her voiceover, she says, if I went home with him, it would be the only time I slept with a man to validate my life. Do you think that's true?
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> we find out in another really great moment, I think, of, of Shattering Taboos that uh, she had... Carrie had... not abortion
1: right she did from a waiter, Season three. Yeah.
0: waiter
2: at tgi fridays
0: uh it wasn't tgi fridays it it's was some, uh something else some Cause, other because cement because miranda makes fun of her that it was tgi fridays and it was called the, the saloon or something. the
2: saloon um and i even think they say she was like i was having a bad night he was nice to me like she has 100 percent uh mm-hmm
0: hundred percent slept with guys yeah just whatever and no judgment i just don't love that they try to put her on a pedestal in this moment Mm -hmm. to be like i'm above this and whatever i don't think that's fair but yeah yeah uh tom this handyman moves to salt lake city charlotte fakes that she cares um miranda doesn't that's kind of cute it's cute cute. that
2: that moment with with um charlotte and the guy both having to be like oh miss you i like that it's funny
0: I liked it, too. I liked it, too. Uh, Miranda doesn't return Josh's call. Samantha throws a drink in William's face. Charlotte hires a handyman. And Carrie has a glass of wine all by herself. No book. No uh, no things to, to, to protect her from people's judgment.
2: What's wrong with having a book? If you're eating alone, which I do all the time, I bring a book. It's I, fine. That doesn't make it less powerful. Just be, I, drink, bring a book.
0: It's like, well, you're going to be bored if you <laughs> just sit there. <laughs>
2: Feel. It's like, yeah, what you're just gonna <laughs> stare at people just for
0: a book. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that to come sort of full circle, I do think that the episode does a good job to a certain degree with Carrie's storyline of landing the I don't need someone to complete me. Um, I should be happy with myself. Yeah. And I think that more times than not, this show does bang that drum and does it successfully. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I think that, you know. On a macro level, does it stick the landing in the end of the series? Obviously, there's an argument to be had about that, but I think that, uh, but I think this episode in particular does a good job.
2: It should have, it should have stuck that landing at the end of the series more. Yes. She, should right. B- I, she should have realized that, Mister. I'm reiterating what I said. She should have realized that Mister. Big never treated her right and wasn't as committed to her as she was, and also didn't like get her. Yep um and uh, here's a question
0: for you someone uh the last guest that i had on uh donahue came on last week to talk mm-hmm. about um an episode and she thinks that big is a trump supporter what do you think oh about that notion
2: for sure yeah <laughs> oh i fully maybe not like movie big because it's like that's weird and like they make him uh, like who knows yeah uh yeah oh oh he's the only he like I'm sure he like had some deals with Trump and thinks he's an asshole, but also voted for him.
0: Yeah, he feels like he feels like a Republican who has been a Republican his whole life, yeah. and then like Trump came on the scene and he was just like, I mean, I guess, sure, I mean, whatever, whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that Kerry forgets to vote.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's actually a really good question. Do we think of the four of them? Who's voting in the 2020 election?
2: All right, here's what I think. I think uh, (laughs) Charlotte has been a Republican her whole life, but votes for Biden.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Miranda was like an Elizabeth Warren supporter. (laughs) registered, you know, like really good, like votes for Biden, obviously. Yeah. I also think Samantha was a Republican her whole life, has had sex with Donald Trump probably. For sure. And doesn't doesn't vote for him because she hates him maybe Mm -hmm. votes third party but does something kind does not vote for trump yep and like i think early season season one through five carrie would vote and vote for biden and vote early and like Mm -hmm. season six through movie two carrie would like just forget to vote
0: I, I agree. I, I and I think you're highlighting something that I think is really important. That that Carrie kind of gets swept away in her own bullshit fantasy stuff. Yeah. In the last, certainly in in this last half of season six and the movies for sure, where she's just sort of living in some bullshit daydream. That I agree with you. She she probably forgets to vote.
2: Where it's like early <laughs> on, they do sort of establish like she's smart, she's a writer, she's literary, and like yeah, that too mm-hmm. would vote for Biden, but like. I don't know, like the by the end of the series and then the movies, it's like I don't even recognize the world she lives in.
0: <laughs> I mean, just just to put a sort a, of a, a, a period on the end of of the second movie, can we just talk for a brief second about the Aiden stuff that happens in the second movie? Which is that Aiden just happens to be in Abu Dhabi. They happen to bump into each other in a market. And then he says stuff like, you're so fucking hot, which is just something that Aiden would never say to her.
2: Never. I'm not married Aiden with kids. Not even when they were dating, he wouldn't.
0: I oh. Know. Then they kiss. And then uh-huh. she just hightails it out of there. That's the end of Aiden's character. <laughs> That's the last time we see him. This, this character who, for all intents and purposes, was pretty decent for two seasons of television. Great. Wrong for Carrie, but a good person. Yes. And he shows up, he throws it all away (laughs) for her in this moment. It's crazy. It's crazy. I
2: I believe if we have to believe that the movie is canon, that was just a desert mirage. Carrie has not hydrated. She's been drinking alcohol for the last six days and has not had a sip of water. And she just made out with a stranger in a market because she hallucinated Aiden. Can we agree that that happened? (laughs)
0: <laughs> I wish that was true. I want, can we like, can we make that the new canon? Look, there's that no reason. Like.
2: There's no reason. It's not true. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, I really love that version. That can you please tweet that version so I, that I can retweet it? I will. Thank you. Um, so, uh, at the end of every episode, I've been asking my guests, uh, who is your favorite character on sex and the city does not need to be the four main leads and why?
2: Okay, this is very specific, and I don't even know her I name. Love it. But when you were like, "Who's your favorite character?" I immediately went there. So my favorite of the four maids is Charlotte, just because I I kind of okay. love her. I think I just think she's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, she's sweet. It's <laughs> not who the best person is. I just find her really endearing and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite. Plus, char- she gets
0: the best guy at the
2: oh, end. Oh, the best guy, and she's so smart about it, and she's very mm-hmm. practical and level-headed. In the is. way she I is. really she respond is. to. Yeah. Uh, Miranda's kind of mean sometimes, and she's mean to Steve. I don't like it. That's uh, <laughs> true.
0: It's true. It's Char- true. I'm, Charles I'm, I'm always not nice,
2: speaking. but, yeah, yeah, but my true. favorite character—they're <laughs> Vince, not Vince Vaughn. Uh, Justin Thoreau plays two characters.
0: He does. Yes.
2: First, he plays uh, something wise, Weasel Weasel, who's a thirty under thirty hotshot writer. Mm-hmm. Forget him. Later, he plays someone named Vaughn who is a part of a really artistic family, but he has premature ejaculation, which again, Carrie agrees you can work with if he's willing to talk about it. He's not willing to talk about it has to be a deal breaker. My favorite character is multiple characters and it's Vaughn's family, Vaughn's mom and sister.
0: Valerie Uh, Harper plays his mom. Valerie
2: Harper plays his mom. I don't remember who plays his sister. Um, that is sort of the joke of the episode is that Carrie loves his family so much, but he can't talk about this thing. And the mom sort of knows that it's a problem, but it's like, but we love you, Carrie. I love this Upper West Side artistic family. And these like two scenes that they're in, I would base my entire life on trying to like create a family (laughs) and a vibe. Isn't that amazing? They're like arguing and listening to music and they know about opera and literature and they're loud and obviously jewish if that's not mm-hmm. if that's not stated explicitly it's very much implied i love them they're the best characters in the show well
0: i think it's safe to say that they would love you thank you thank you so the, much i mean they would i mean come on but um it is a tremendous episode it is a season 2 episode so i'm looking forward to talking about it at some point <laughs> um, but yes it they are great the, I, I totally agree with you that In its own way, they have to be believably great for that episode to work as well. Yeah. So, like, they have a short period of time for Valerie Harper to become, like, the greatest mom ever that you desperately want to be your mom. She's so
2: fun. Yeah. And And she she does
0: specifically say to Carrie, she's, like, one of his exes was not as (laughs) as delicate about it. So she knows about the premature ejaculation.
2: And I – she's just so fun that you would want her as a mother-in-law. Like, not even as your mom because, like, I don't know, but, like – I want to be her and I also want to be in that family. I want to be the sister. The sister's so funny, like (laughs) roasting Vaughn and like, oh, they're so fun. I want, and I wouldn't want a sitcom of them. They're in, it's perfect that they just pop in to be like the perfect Upper West Side smart literary Jewish family that I always dreamed I would be a part of and then disappear.
0: Speaking of dreams, uh, my dream is to get Justin Theroux to come on for that episode. We'll see if that happens, but that would be the that's the hope.
2: I remember I've read like an interview because someone asked him like, so he just played two characters like one yeah. season apart, like not even yeah. if they're very yeah. close. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, they just asked me and I came back. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's early in his career too. Really? Like he's, you know, is he going to yeah. say
2: no, who cares?
0: He's really funny in it too. He's, yeah. he's really, he's really great. He's really good. Who's your, um, well, I'm sure pr-
2: you have to, everyone, you have to say this <laughs> a lot, but I'm, I'm just curious who your favorite character is.
0: Oh boy. That's a, I mean, I think it might be Harry if I had to pick one. Yeah. Um, I know that's kind of a cliche answer. I really love Harry. Um, I, I also have to say too, that, um, I I mean, I do like Miranda. If I had to pick of the first of the four, she's probably the one that I feel is the most akin to my sense of humor at the very least. There's a very kind of dry, uh, which I do appreciate. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess on a smaller character level, um, you know, I didn't hate burger, but I don't know if I I can really get on board with that. You know who I would actually say I, I, I take back burger. Um, David Duchovny. When David Duchovny shows up. He's great.
2: I love him. I, and I do love. Pro
0: mental health. Pro good mental health.
2: Pro good mental health. Love David Duchovny. I do genuinely love Berger. I think he's so great. And, and I also totally understand if you just published a book and it's too late to make any edits and someone gives you like a (laughs) note, I would be like, Jesus, like I understand both sides of that fight so well. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that would suck. Um, Harry is the only good guy, the best guy they end up with. I think Mm -hmm. the reason that Charlotte is my favorite character more than Miranda, just in terms of favorite, because you're definitely dead on. Like my sense of humor, I think is the most Miranda. Miranda's the one who reminds me the most of myself. Sure. And so I think that's why sometimes when she's mean and makes the wrong decisions and like does things, it reminds me of me and I don't like it.
0: Right? Yeah, do you know what I mean? You've never been mean to me, Dana, so I don't I don't know what that's about. But Thank maybe you. you've been mean to people. No, it know.
2: just that's like the, the worst the worst part of myself that I try to avoid is sort of Miranda's worst impulses that she's you know sure. a little abrasive and impulsive and yes, I don't she's know.
0: very curt. She's Kurt, yeah. and, and I think she's very locked into her ideas, which is not good, right? You need to be flexible, you need to be open to other people's ideas, other people's Feelings about things, and that is a shortcoming of hers, which I think she eventually sort of comes to grips with at the end of season six when Magda sort of helps her through some of that stuff. Oh my but, god, uh,
2: remember when it, I forgot that in the first movie, Steve cheats on her, yeah, which insane. is it's insane, ludicrous. I hate it's both movies, <laughs> yeah. I've seen them, I've, yeah. I've seen the first one a million times, oh god. and I, I hate it
0: so much. I hate it. I really, I, I, there's some stuff that, here. Here's what I'll say. I, I don't like the movie, the first movie, and the second movie is just a, an abomination. But the first movie, which I watched re- recently, and I and you're watching this Miranda Steve storyline play out, and and it boils me right because I'm just like he's never he would never cheat on her like that's fucked up. They have a son. But then when they meet at the bridge at the end, I cried and I hate myself for crying. It's they re- it's
2: perfect because. You're like us, oh, back to the old Steve. It's so sweet, and then the, the foam is—it's it's very yeah, yeah, cute. But I—I yeah. I would have almost accepted that if it was like a season three episode. I agree, and not yeah. that can't be his end. By this point, they're—they're they're married. It's crazy.
0: It's—it's it's terrible. Uh, it's bad. But you know, this was a great episode, and you were amazing for coming on. So I so much appreciate it. Thank um, you for having and me, and I can't wait to have you back for a movie or another tv show or whatever. it is Is
1: it
2: uh, did
0: I talk too much about sex
2: in the city?
0: Are you kidding? <laughs> How do you talk too much about sex in the city? First of all, I would talk for you with another hour about I this. Know, I know. I would
2: be like, let's but mean, like, this, yeah you
0: know. But um but yeah. thank you again for coming on. Thank and you everyone should read your your Twitter, your books, your comic books, uh listen to your podcast, um and watch She-Hulk when it comes out in 2030.
2: I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see it when it comes out in 2030.
0: Thank you again for coming on, Dave.
2: Thank you for having me. Podcast Like You podcast like Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.